primetime soap opera of the early aughts, The O.C. It's like no television show you've ever seen and similar to every podcast you've ever heard. I'm your host for the evening, Mike Gravano, and with me, as always, is my best bud, my boon companion, my bosom buddy, Ryan. Yawn. Ryan just woke up from a nap because he's old and has to take lots of naps. Tonight on The O.C., Caleb comes to town and brings his 24-year-old girlfriend, Gabrielle, his presence causes tension between Kirsten and Sandy, and her presence causes tension in the pants of Seth and Ryan. It's crazy because it's Caleb's birthday, and yet he brings the presents? That's weird. Right off the bat, that's weird. That's what happens when you get old. You bring the presents. You bring the presents for your people. I'm always trying to bring the pain and maybe a little bit of funk if I can. Like I always <laughs> want to have a little room for funk, but he's bringing the presents. That's your weird out cover of bringing the noise, bringing the funk, is bringing the pain, bringing the funk? <laughs> yeah. That's weird, man. Why? I made a parody of a thing. Is it a parody? I, I changed the word. Yeah, I guess it's paradical. Thank you. My favorite book in the Bible. So, Mike. So, Ryan. Your relationship. Have you ever hated a grandparent before? Yes. What was his or her name? Not going to do it. Why? Are they still alive? Maybe. I think it's on record that I've had 11 grandparents. Uh-huh. Yeah, your so. parents and step-parents and then step-step-parents got married and intermarried at such an alarming rate yeah. that you have over 40 grandparents. And then grandparents have like relationships and new people, and they've divorced. So yeah, some of them have been butt munches. Okay, describe to me the biggest butt munch, and give me their name and phone number and social security number. All right. I'm going to say Freddie R. No. Wait, Freddie K? F. No, wait. F. Kruger? Ranklin. Oh, you, wait, F. Franklin? <laughs> F. Franklin. Okay. Uh, social? Uh-huh. 02531. Oh, so he's old as shit. 9888. He's a grandparent. He's one of the originals. He's one of the grandparents. Uh-huh. He is a vampire on the CW. Yes, Ryan. He is an original. And he was a bad grandparent. Why? He was a grandparent, bad grandparent. He uh, he was always gave me sweaters that he would wear. Uh-huh. Not sweaters that I would have worn, which okay. is, bud? Hoodie on, not a sweater. See, the thing about sweaters that you wore, and I don't know if uh, our listeners know about this, is that you want something that looks like you're knitting it while you wear it. Like, it's all crocheted together. Saggy. And has two crochet pins coming out of it. Is that the proper term? Yeah. Crochet pins. That's punk rock crochet, because like I used to have the pants with safety pins in them. So you just get a little older. It's a sweater with the crochet things in them. And you'll crochet some punk rock thing in the middle, like no effects or fuck the... Fuck the liberty. Fuck or the fuck the whatever liberty. Whatever the punks do. I didn't buy out. I sold in. <laughs> Good job. And F. Ranklin. F. Ranklin. And uh, Fred Ranklin would give you sweaters that were not like this. No, they were just like Argyle. Bro, I'm not trying to fucking golf, right? And Argyle is, of course, the socks that nerdy white men wear. Or Argyle aren't only socks. You know that, right? No, it's a type of sock. Or it's a type of limo driver if you are John McClane. Argyle is, of course, the limo driver of the original Die Hard film. Does he wear Argyles? That's a fucking insulting, racist question, you piece of shit. How is it any of the things? You son of a bitch. His mom probably named him because that was his dad's name. And for you to I assume... I thought you were going to say his mom died choking on an Argyle sock. <laughs> is that racist? <laughs> I, I don't think so. Okay, well, against limo drivers, it's a little offensive, right? Against I'm not. Who? I don't walk around talking about how your mom choked and died on an argyle sock because she didn't. 
Okay, but even if somebody did, you don't say that. You don't walk around town saying, hey, well, what's I'm, up? I bet your mom choked on an Argyle sock. I didn't sock. say I bet. I'm trying to learn more about these people who I'm meeting. Let me ask you a question. Good Argyle sir. or R. Kelly? R. Kelly can go piss on himself. Oh, so you're picking Argyle? Yes. Okay, let me ask you a question. Argyle or Argoyle, the gargoyle that dresses in Argyle? Argoyle. All day. He was my favorite from that Disney show. That was your favorite? Cause what Argoyle. Is it? It's just plaid. It's just ugly plaid, right? No, it's diamonds. Diamond plaid. Diamond Instead plaid. of square plaid. It's yeah. diamond plaid. Which is funny because squares wear argyle and cool people wear plaid. That is funny. <laughs> Isn't it? Do you know what's fucked up? Shut up. Shut up. Do you know what's fucked up? What? Did you watch Gargoyles? Disney's Gargoyles? No. At that point, I had opened seven businesses and was the CEO of six of them. I forget how old. <laughs> Wait, what happened? To Somebody booted you out. I lost it. Seventh? The board voted me out. <laughs> right away. What did that business do? That business printed only square pattern socks and never a diamond shall they meet. Plaid or just squares? Square plaid socks. <laughs> what See the, how they run. <laughs> what did the other six businesses do? Oh, you want me to go through all six of them? Yes, please. What is this? Well, one of them created improv games, so <laughs> I, think you, I think you would have enjoyed that one. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. Wait, is, I want, is that right? Like, It's just a room covered in whiteboards, and you go, <laughs> is this an improv game? Yes, and then if it was, then we shipped it off to the factory, <laughs> and they made it. Hello, improv. Uh, the third one, of course, came up with songs to the tune of Three Blind Mice, uh-huh. right? Like, So we had, for instance, uh, free grind rice. Uh-huh. If you uh, if you were not so interested in painting pay grind rice, rice, then uh, here was I the thing for you: these fat cats oh, trying to make a buck. They're making so much money, getting people to pay to grind their rice. Yeah, but if you come here, it's free grind rice. Um, the fourth company was uh, Three Blind Mice Incorporated, and we sued anybody who took the same tune of our song. So oh. we sued the shit out of Free Grind mo- Rice. That's some of that money laundering thing. Yeah, that's we laundered make money. Make a company to sue a company. Is I think how the phrase goes. Yeah, and then three other companies. Nice, yeah. I love it. No, I was. Uh, this was all by the time I was seventeen years old. You're so fucking successful. I had already graduated middle school at that point, and I was well on my way. I forget what a successful guy you are uh-huh. when I hang out with you because nothing about you screams it. You know, I was the CEO of all of them, and by CEO, C stands for captain. I was the captain EO of every single one of these companies. Yeah. I danced our way through space. Did, did you hire an assistant at each company to dress like an elephant to yeah, play all keyboard? Of my, no, I didn't find someone to dress like an elephant. I hired a goddamn alien blue elephant for every single one of my companies. Ganesh? Ganesh. Wait, is that? Is that? Is that, like <laughs> No, it was that, uh, you know, that blue elephant that you need to play the piano. From Captain Neo, yeah. yes. We all know. CEO. CEO. Everybody, I wish more people could CEO, but it is hard to find these days. I know, yeah. We all want them to. Is that, that is a combination of Michael Jackson, George Lucas, George Lucas and Lady one more Gaga's crazy father. person. And Lady Gaga's father. And Omar Garcia Parra. Is that, that what you said? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said. Wait, oh, I'm sorry. Late 90s Boston Red Sox shortstop Nomar Garcia Parra was also involved <laughs> yes. in the making of Captain EO. He was one of the other puppets. He was the CEO of Captain EO, the CEO of... Short films. We've gotten way off the rails, right? Sorry. Here's what we're trying to talk about. Gargoyles. Disney's Gargoyles. Which, uh, yes, is it a ripoff of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because it's a bunch of monster freaks that the people are afraid of, but they have one girlfriend? Yes, of course. But that doesn't mean it didn't have a lot to offer. Was there a gargoyle who was cool but rude? Yes. 
Was there a gargoyle who was a rat who screamed at all of them? Give me a break. No, they got rid of that right away. Wait, are you talking about Kit Kat rat? <laughs> Kit Kat rat. The one rat? who's always asking you to the give Kit- me a break? Kit Kat rat out of there. But the gargoyles' names were Brooklyn. Okay. Bronx. Oh, wait, let me get, I, I can do this. Harlem, Chelsea, and Clinton. Yes. But then the leader was Goliath. He made them all name themselves after the city and he went, I'm not changing my name, you fucking freaks. Pick a borough, asshole. You gotta pick a borough. Yeah, the borough of Goliath. Have you heard of it? No? Mm. You lived in New York. What do you think of Goliath? It's I could see how like thirty years ago it was cool and like hip and trendy and a little dangerous in a sexy way. But you know fucking Giuliani disnified it up. Oh, it's all these all these hipster fucking kids named Declan and Durden are just fucking living there now and their sweaters with crochet needles. The problem every time I go to Goliath, it wears me out. Like I get so sleepy. Because everyone's always like, go lieth down, you look at the tireth. Yeah, and I don't like that affectation. You didn't grow up here. You don't have to talk like them. I don't. I, I, but I wanted to. Every time I was there, I was like, hey, Goliath. <laughs> what am I, Goliath? Hey, I'm Goliath and over here. It's that vocal tick of, hey. Yeah. Well, that's the New York part. And then the rest of the part was how you have to say Goliath in every sentence yeah. that you say. It's so annoying. That's why also why I'd never want to go to Pittsburgh. Right. Because every time it's, hey, I'm Pittsburghian hey, over here. Look at those pits. Bergen. Ryan. Candace Bergen? <laughs> yeah, Candace Bergen founded Pittsburgh. I, uh, I'm going to be honest. I did not have a Candace Bergen bit. It's just you said a thing that reminded me of Candace Bergen, like the, the name. Hey. So I just said it out loud. Hey. If you make seven companies, some of them are going to just fester in the back of your head. Improv oh, games. I invented 42 companies. Only seven of them became billionaire prospects. So the rest failed? The rest were failures, yes. You make I'm, a company, you lose a company. You got to buy companies to eat companies. That's These what are they all say. Terms. God, yes. you should write a goddamn business book. All you have to do is be a CEO, and by CEO, I mean Captain EO. We're gonna talk about Captain EO a lot more, obviously, but we do need to take a quick break. This is the first episode where we meet what some may call the Donald Trump of the West Coast, the head of the Irvine Corporation. No, I'm sorry. Nope. The, we do not. No, I apologize. Please do not send me any do letters. Do not sue us. Uh, I, I, uh, please forgive me for saying what I just said. The head of the Bluth Company. The Bluth Company is exactly what we met. Do you think Josh Schwartz, Jay Schwaz, uh, who created this show, the OCD, but before he created the OCD, he created the OC. That's he has had a shitty career. <laughs> yeah, he is on the downfall. Somebody plug, but he's not like he should get business advice from you. Uh huh. Seven I'm, businesses. I have I have seven businesses. What I would say is, hey man. Uh, seven gargoyles meet in the OC and they hang out. That's a show. And all I need to do is like point at people and say, that's a show. And then they should go and fucking run and make a show. Make a goddamn show. Make a show. Hear a show, make a show. <laughs> it's not that hard. Just go make a show. But do you think when he saw Arrested Development, he was like, motherfuckers. No, I do not think that. And I don't have my timelines exactly played out in front of me, but I think these shows came out at the exact same time, both about... I don't want to say the word. It's your classic 30 Rock Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Exactly. It's your classic Armageddon Deep Impact. Your ants, your bugs life. Your so you just get to say them all? Your, your, cla- your Dante's Peak, your volcano? <laughs> don't interrupt me when I'm about to say Dante's Peak volcano. Your can't hardly wait. Your your designing women, your Gigi Allen. Like They all come out at the mm-hmm. exact same time. you know. Um, and I think that's fine. And I won't say the name of that company, the... 
the, the I see. I see. Yes. I like that. I see that I will not be I saying that again. I see you not saying. Okay, thank you. Um, but yes, there is a company. Most people don't know this. We were we grew up. We were born and raised in Orange County, and we know that there's the IC that owns all everything. Of like we're talking they, deep down Illuminati bullshit. They move Fossa and Simba from the top of Saddleback Mountain for sure. Everything the sun touches is yours. They held companies over the cliff to say, "Look at what is yours," and then drop them <laughs> off the cliff so well, they didn't own that anymore. Are heavy as shit. Yes, dude. Have yes. you ever tried to? I know you have tried uh-huh. to lift a company and only successfully lifted seven of them. Right. Companies are heavy. Yeah, but the IC uh, kills all of them. Do do you think the IC got mad? Okay, so Josh Schwartz did not get mad about Arrested Development. I don't think so. Or were they? Is it a compliment? We're such boogeymen. Two oh, shows sure. are made about us. Yeah, because you know, like you're such a shitty politician that you made it on SNL. Mm-hmm. You're in a skit. But oh, you're in one of those little skit shows. That's kind of a compliment, you know. Like you sort of mm-hmm. like, oh, I've made it. Even though they're making fun of me and telling me that I'm essentially a Nazi, uh, you know, Mexican baby killing bastard. Hey, I made it on TV. I think it was a compliment to them in both shows, two shows at the exact same time. I bet the OC felt a little more complimentary than Arrested Development. I don't know. Caleb Nichols is kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. Not in this episode, but we know he will be. But also, old monsters don't see old monsters. That's true. They love those old monsters. They're just like, yeah, he's right. You know, Frankenstein is at home watching Dracula being like, yeah, dude, this is a good ass, hilarious comedy. Frankenstein's watching be like, that vampire didn't make anybody. Well, Frankenstein's at home watching. That's what he says when he watches movies. Because he has so much taffy in his mouth. He eats so much taffy when he's watching a movie. He's a doctor. He should know not to eat taffy. God damn it, dude. You're a big Junior Mints fan when you're I at the movie. I love Junior Mints. And that's Don't, a- okay, let's... Or, if you're going to do that to me, let everybody know you're going to show us a little leg, get behind the curtain. No, you don't have to say that. You can just say the thing. You like Junior Mints, which... And I'm not ashamed. ...does freshen up your breath a little bit more than what it usually is. Because mm-hmm. usually it tastes like... Trash water. I, I'm not going to go into... A, why I know what your breath tastes like. I mean, it's clear. Um, but Milk Dud would be one step above Junior Mint. We're like, why did you do that? Because now you are just constantly chewing on that Milk Dud for the rest of your right. life. Junior Mint, at least you get a little menthol breathed into your voice. And you can... And then I get to talk like this. Yeah. And then you're like an old school Hollywood critic, I guess. What do you kids even think Newsies is about? Who smokes menthols? Grandmas and critics. Grandmas and critics? And my critical grandma. <laughs> Which let's let's you know come clear, your grandma is an old school TV critic. She gave Leave It to Beaver two and a half stars. Mm-hmm. Said it was a fine show. Not really enough to talk about there. There's no reason to even bring that up. Well, she also she said some like pretty controversial things about Ward Cleaver. Right, that is true. She also said Leave It to Beaver more like Leave It in My Beaver. Yeah, that's and that's that's a kind weird of what thing she to was say. Yeah. Intimating about Ward. She wants Ward to be left in her beaver, mm-hmm. which does cause toxic it, shock syndrome. So I don't know, Grandma Gravano, if you want that to happen. It's so let's Grandma G. Let's not say the name. Sorry, it's so G weird. Gravano. The because uh, back then it was like you get 150 words, and she would just stream of consciousness review, uh-huh. which now is pretty common. She just say Ward Cleaver in my puss. Ward Cleaver <laughs> in my puss. And but like it really let she said I have some issues. Why isn't Ward Cleaver? In my beaver, and then it just kept going, and then that's why I got into Hollywood. Ryan, she actually started because of her reviews. She started the whole porn parody craze. Like you could just read any on one purpose. of her reviews, 
And when you see Leave It In My Beaver, you're like, oh, my God, that is a porn. That's a porno. I'm going to make a porno. It's upsetting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out and raise $750. I'm going to make a porno. Okay, we can talk about my grandma's voice, but we don't have to talk about one of my grandpa's voices. No, but your Let's grandpa, your grandpa was always hilarious. Family. Every time I, I said anything to your grandpa, he was like, that's a good idea. I'm going to go make a porno. Yeah, but he's not telling jokes. I know. He's, he went out and he made those It's pornos. not funny. He's just a go-getter who has a speech impediment. He's a CEO, a Captain EO. Of a whole porn. Hey, kid, I know it's the 90s, but I talk like this. So that's my family and how I ended up here. Uh huh. It makes sense, right? The lineage. What, what would your grandma's review be of this episode of The OC? And don't I, use Leave It in My Beaver because that's already been taken. The OCD. I don't see no, no D. Where's not, the D? Not Wait, this I'm episode of the my podcast. Gran- I, sl- I slipped into and my yeah, grandpa. Yeah, you're doing your grandpa uh, right excuse now. Me, excuse I clearly me. said your grandma. The OCD. This episode oh. of The OC. What would her review be what would her porn parody be why didn't that 24 year old fuck that kid why was it just hinted at okay so this was late in her game where she was not coming up with hilarious yeah she was i mean the alzheimer's had set in i i would say that she would say the oc more like wait how does her voice go uh kind of it's kind of like this the oc more like put your o in my c u n t i haven't seen an o in uh mm, age words we can't say anymore but she was a grandma Wait, was so a what? Like a <laughs> in in a trash panda's age? A trash panda? Yes. Is that a new slur that you're coming up with right now? No, that's from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay, that's what we call raccoons. That's oh, okay, I got it. I got <laughs> it. I just just I uh, put it all together. You spelled it out the way my grandma would start innuendo and then just end up spelling it out exactly what she meant. All right. Well, that means that your grandma's a racist and you're a racist for making me think that thing. <laughs> I incepted racism into your brain. <laughs> yes, you did, and I don't like that. Okay, so Caleb Nickel on the scene. Caleb Nickel on the scene. Okay, let's not rap when you just your next line of my rap is the exact same thing I just said. I'm a That's hype not man. a good rap. That's not a good rap. He is the star. No, he is the CEO of he's the captain. The captain he's the captain EO of the Newport Company. Uh huh. And Kirsten's father. Yes. And he and is Kirsten should be the CEO based on the work that she does. She yes. works her fucking butt off. My she works her goddamn fingers to the bone, and I don't want you to take anything away from that. She works hard. Works that butt off and works her fingers to the bone. So all she's got left is a little bony butt. <laughs> she just she's a fucking bony butt walking around. But he's been like but, gallivanting. Yes. On he's been some off yachts. escapading. He's been off on adventures. Meeting. He's been jumping from yacht to yacht. Uh he throws a whip. From one yacht to another and swings between the boats. He meets this 24-year-old Gabrielle. We don't hear how they meet. We just know. It's probably in a fucking slutty bar. I bet S- they- Speak more on that. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I, bet she, I bet she was in a bar and he was like, hey, what up? What up? You old and rich? And he was like, well, yes, I am. Look she at was me. like, hey, I'm Gabrielle and you're my kind of guy. That's how I think how it went. Do you, you, you respect her so little from that? I think there's more to her... Th- than that oh gabriel the girl that is about to fuck a 16 year old we yeah. should give her you gotta have heart <laughs> this kid is hurt and she wants to help him oh goodness all right now i know how your dad met <laughs> three of your moms hey i'm not a weirdo i've had 11 grandparents i've had three moms that's how big your head is it took three ladies to give birth <laughs> to you okay so gabriel is introduced to the Coens, mm-hmm. and in an homage to what some would call Fast Times at Ridgemont High. 
Okay, I was going to say 10 with Bo Derek. Okay. But you're a little bit younger than me. I am. So I guess it, I'm a... Uh, I am 67 years young this month. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is a happy birthday to me. I am the Captain EO of my own life. Thank you very much. And I'm doing great. Just uh, But you have Fast Times. You youngins have this Fast Times reference that you keep building up. Yeah. All the young kids are talking about Fast Times at Ridgemont High with Spicoli. And she comes out of the pool like a Fast Times hussy. And this is our magical music moment this is to okay go remember that band they love their funky music videos oh yeah when she comes out of the pool they're in the background on treadmills just, <laughs> just doing crazy running, things. and they are furious that these teenage kids they're putting on a show for because seth is this kind of rich he can hire a band just to lounge by the pool what people don't know is that there used to be five ak goes okay goes <laughs> but uh one of the treadmills just went into the pool as she was walking out <laughs> of it and he drowned to death <laughs> he drowned and he was fine with it yeah and so he, were they he was kind of a dickhead they were like okay go know, we all look kind of the same so nobody's gonna notice uh yeah it's just old moby looking people yeah it's all like <laughs> dean from community Except looking dudes one has a lot of hair oh really? so there's three that look like that and one and then a sasquatch <laughs> he's a yeti Thank sorry you very much uh, this song is called "You're So Damn Hot," and the 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 line that is very, which is on the nose, right? The line that's very prominent as they drop their jaws and drool openly at her, and she knows exactly what she's doing. She knows exactly what's going on, uh, and not in a gross way. She obviously knows what she's going on. She later tries to fuck a sixteen year old, but the 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 line that is prominent as she slowly walks to the pool is, "I saw you slipping out the back door, baby." <laughs> Which is butt sex? But <laughs> slipping out, so you've had the butt sex and it's finished. <laughs> I saw you stop having butt sex, baby. <laughs> baby. So that is this week's magical music moment. And on that note, we're gonna take a break. But when we come back, we're really gonna dig into. We've hinted out too much about Gabrielle and Ryan, so we're gonna dig into those two. Also, we have not yet had this podcast episode's magical music moment. We're icing a song about Gabrielle, so do it. I can't wait for that to happen. On the next segment. Oh, I, I see. We'll, we'll do that. Well, I'm teasing, Mike. I'm doing a tease here. Such a little tease. So before our break, we were talking about Gabrielle and Ryan and how they met. And yes, she met he and Seth at the same time. But there is such clear chemistry between she and Ryan. Well, Seth is Seth. He's just openly drooling. Ryan is a man. Ryan has giant nipples. He wears leather bracelets. <laughs> Does he have giant nipples? I don't I think so. Are you projecting? Uh, no. Yeah, wait, because I want him to or because I have them. Because you have giant nipples. I have giant nipples. So you just I think have very all small people boobs and giant nipples. Uh my nipples droop above the waist <laughs> of my neck. Um but if you're going to if you're Gabrielle, mm -hmm. your sights are going to be set on Ryan because Seth is a tiny nippled little freak. Right, and he wears leather cuffs. Yes. Ryan does. Ryan does, yes. But at dinner, when Caleb and Sandy and Kiki and Seth and Ryan and Gabby are all at dinner, Caleb is hating on Sandy, annoyed that his daughter's doing very well at her job, and not noticing the clear sparks flying between his 24-year-old girlfriend and his 16-year-old new grandson. But there is something that is noticed, or there is one person that does notice, and that is Seth. And yes. Mike... I do think that this is our worst episode of the OC so far. So therefore, the worst episode of the OCD so far. Oh shit! No, I don't want to say that they are have a oh. There's a clear direct relationship. There's a direct connection. Oh, that means the fourth season of our show is going to get rough. This is the one that is the stinkeroo so far. If you had to pick the worst, I think it's this one. But there are little highlights throughout, and I think the first little highlight throughout is that shows cut. They cut to commercial. When Gabrielle notices Ryan noticing Gabrielle noticing Ryan. 
Oh. That's when they go to commercial. But this show does not. It stays in there, and it shows Seth not knowing what the fuck is going on right now. Dude, you are 16, and that is my grandpa's that girlfriend. Could be my grandma. Yes. Which he's already introduced of, is it wrong that I think my grandma's hot? So we get an extra 10 seconds before we go to commercial of Seth going, what the fuck is this? And that's why this show is the perfect show. But Seth is a little drama bitch. Like, he fucking loves on a reality show he's the one who screams at the camera i don't want drama while shit stirring sure he when we know were, what to do when we were ses age we read it. uh like the stories in hustler remember or penthouse uh-huh. forum we would all read how like uh 70s dudes would walk into planes and they would get fucked by the stewardess and they would fuck her in her box you remember these stories yeah you sound like my grandma <laughs> okay <laughs> all right so we would read these magazines and uh, this Thank is what would you. happen um, and now Seth has that in front of him. He does no longer need the penthouse for him. Right. He has Ryan there, and he gets to watch it play out. I do like every episode, Seth is happier that Ryan's his new brother, and in a new way. You can defend me. That's cool. I finally have a friend. That's cool. And now he's like, I get to live vicariously and fuck my grandma vicariously through you. <laughs> fuck my grandma vicariously <laughs> through you. If that's not the most Gravano thing you've ever heard. No. <laughs> Dude, you have 40 grandmas. Shut up. We're talking about the OC. But Gabrielle, when she walks out of that, I'm going to ask you like a dirty question, okay? Uh-huh. I'm going to ask you like a Lester Burnham, open the shirt, and it's just rose petal question. Uh-huh. Are you ready for this? Sure. Did you get the same feelings from Gabrielle that Ryan and Seth did? Because let me answer that for you. She has a little bit of a Riverside face. What does that mean? Like she Julie is from- Cooper? No, like Ryan's mom. I think that Ryan is super into her because she looks a little more Riverside she than she like does home. Newport. She does not look like all the noopsies that Kirsten hangs out with. She, she doesn't looks look like, like Riverside. Noopsies, but she looks like real Newport people. Real Newport people. Do you mean like homeless people? No, like not the OC. I think that this is what exactly what Ryan's mom looked like 30 years ago. That, and is, that is why Ryan is into it. So crazy much. projection. Do you have any evidence of this? <laughs> yes, she doesn't like her facial features are all Riverside. But what does that mean? Behind her picture. ear, behind her ear, there's a little bit of cow poop. Like that's super Riverside. <laughs> there's no cows in Riverside. What are you talking about? There's one cow that poops on everybody's ear. <laughs> Why don't they kill that fucking? Kill cow? that cow. Eat it or something. Gabrielle is a weird character because she hunts down Ryan. He goes works a shift at the Lobster Shack, and we assume Donnie no longer works there. And he says no, thank you, a couple of times. To, and he's 16 years old. Well, yeah. That's not a thing that would happen if you were ever a 16-year-old. How the flirting begins at the bar is she goes, can you make me a cosmopolitan or sex on the beach or whatever? I think she says shrimp Slide cocktail. That shrimp cocktail. And he goes, oh, I can't. She goes, that's right. You're not legal. Like She lays it out on there. And then he goes, and, just and so- I love my neighbor because I'm a 16-year-old boy. Can I tell you about Marissa? And she's like, cool, I, I hear that you're not legal, and I'm going to remember that for when I try to hook up with you. And also, you love your neighbor. I'm going to give you some advice. Poor advice. As no. As far as that goes. She gives great advice. Oh, you're a big Gabrielle Gabby advice Wisdom. man. Do you think that she should have a radio Shut show? Up. Everybody's favorite segment is Sandy Wisdom. Uh-huh. And this is the first episode that he has to share that segment with a lot of people. Because... let's The first he's sharing with is Gabby Wisdom. So Gabby Gabs, is that the name of the show? Gabby Gabs. Is because there's this big party for Caleb coming up the next day. And she's like, you two fly honeys don't got no dates when she's talking to Seth and Ryan. And they're like, no. 
And Ryan talks about Marissa, and she goes, she can't say yes if you don't ask her. That's good-ass advice. Oh, my God, yes. That is such just nuanced, perfect, original advice that no one has ever heard before. Thanks, Gabrielle, for your wonderful wisdom. Ryan hadn't there, heard it, you fucking idiot. There's Mark Twain, and then there's Gabrielle from the pool. That's basically the two people that we go to for all of our wisdom. The only you, the, uh, Gabrielle has four types of wisdom, and they're all in her mouth, Mike. Their teeth, their wisdom teeth. She I'm needs to get so her wisdom glad you teeth went pulled. That way. Or know. how about this? What am I supposed to do with you right now? The only type of wisdom that Gabrielle has is because she pees up. And that is whizzing dumb. That's whiz dumb. Gabriel does not bring what it takes for wisdom. You got another one? <laughs> yeah, I'll do another <laughs> one. <laughs> I'll do one more. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Is it is it last call? I'll do one more. Gabrielle, okay, is to uh, Oprah, right, as you are to Dr. Phil. That is so rude. Is that crossing the line? I don't know who's pissed in this. All four of you should be all upset. All four are furious uh i think we're gonna move on because i i didn't realize what a sexist you were and just because she's like an attractive blonde lady you can't respect any part of her no girls can be dumb dumbs too sexist you're being sexist we're gonna move on you can't have a rational conversation when we come back we're gonna gather our thoughts gather our things and we'll talk about fucking caleb nichols because he's a man and maybe you can dig into him and not just scream things hey guys Ryan from Pop Filter here, interrupting this show to thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. While I've got you, I just want to remind you real quick of the best way to get the shows every single week. Please search for the shows on iTunes or Stitcher, Overcast, whatever your pod app is, and download and subscribe so we can make sure you're getting those shows every week. Also, if you've got the time, rate, review. That's how we bring new listeners to the shows. Okay, Search for Superhero Hour Hour, which is our show where we cover every single TV show based on a comic book, and Writer's Block, where Mike Gravano sits down with writers and talks about process and other things like that. And then stay tuned, because very soon we are going to bring you The OCD, where Mike and I talk about every episode of The OC, the greatest television show of all time, and Movie of the Year, where we here at Pop Filter will sit down with math and science and figure out exactly what is the best movie that came out in every single year. Thank you. It's time, Ryan, if I may call you Ryan. This is not the time to call me Ryan. I would like to be called Miracula. Miracula? Yeah. Mr. Acula. Mr. Acula. Because you dropped out. I'm not a doctor. I cannot be Dr. Acula. I'm just Mr. Acula. Miracula. Thank you. Miracula, it is time to give the people what they want. They are outside our doors going, K-Lip, K-Lip, K-Lip. He's been talked about a lot. He's been pussyfooted around a little. We got to talk about Donald Trump of the West Coast. Donald Trump was mentioned in this episode. It was weird. It's so weird to not say it with fucking venom in your mouth. And Caleb's going to do terrible shit. But Summer describing him like that made me hate him even more already. Caleb won't do things to ruin democracy in this country as we know it. If he became president, he would for sure. I don't think so. I think that he would be a much better... As, like, Caleb is going to become one of the most vile TV characters in history. You, won't, you may not know it from this episode. And I've only seen this one episode of The O.C. I just... I watch one and I forget about the rest. And I've never seen Into the Future. But even just based on this one episode, there's no way that Caleb can become a worse president than Donald goddamn That Trump. might be true. Caleb sort of sometimes cares about things. Yes. It's clear where our politics lie, right? 
Yeah. Died in the wool Republicans. So, Caleb, the minute he shows up, and you hear, like, whispers of him before he walks onto screen. because He's Ryan's a like, goddamn legend in this town. Ryan's like, oh, my God, I burnt down this guy's house. You're going to hate me? And he's like, nah, I'm sure I'll be, he's a fun guy. And he goes, is he? And Seth goes, no. <laughs> he treats Ryan like the help immediately. Uh-huh. Well, Ryan is from Chino. He's from so Chino. So, let's not forget that. Yeah. He gives Sandy shit, because when they start getting into it, Sandy goes, you talk like that in my house? And Caleb says something like, it's my house. I bought it. Which is not an okay thing to do. Because Caleb... No, Mike, that is not an okay thing to do. Caleb is cut from the same cloth as Jimmy, of where he thinks money is what matters. Do you remember last episode we talked about the Jimmy tantrum of you don't know what it's like to take care of your family? I do, because you said, I don't know how to take care of movie of the year and superhero hour hour, and you said that I don't know how to take care of either one of those, and I threw a full-on tantrum on the golf course between me and you. That was our live OCD from the golf course, and I freaked the fuck out. We don't golf enough. We don't golf enough, dude. How are we not powerful men? Oh, it's because we don't golf enough. We don't golf enough. It's clear that you should work three days a week, golf two days a week, and just nap the other two days. Really take some time for you. I think about racism a lot. Thank you. And I, you're welcome. And I often wonder if it breaks down to the science of do these people actually think that other races are built differently in their DNA? Mm-hmm. How much is it classism? But Caleb is a classic racist because of how he treats Sandy and Ryan. And I know that the color of the skin matches Caleb, but the way that he talks to him, you know for the fact, you know for a fact that he says the N word every single time. Cigars and brandies are out. At least in his head. You know oh, for no, a you're fact he, says, he says the word out loud. Because the way, you know that old thing about like when you're on a first date, don't look at how they treat you. Look at how mm-hmm. they treat the server. Oh, Caleb is disgusting to me. Well, yeah, because he treats Ryan like the help. He treats Sandy like the help. Like the Jewish help. He is way too nice. I guess you can't be way too nice to your own daughter. But he is cold and uses her job as a guilt trip. And I'm either going to look down on you or manipulate you. Those are his only two options. Gabrielle as a pure object. To- yeah. Just a tool object. from the tool shed. And Seth, he like bullies. He, he has a weirdly warm relationship with Seth. I guess that's hinted at more than shown in this episode. You know how much he hates Seth every time he's jerking off? What? Yeah. That's how Caleb jerks off. He's like, fucking Seth, fucking wiener, fucking... Sailor obsessed with summer. Oh, Caleb orgasm. That is the best impression of Caleb I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I've never heard. And uh, no, I, there's hundreds of people who have tried to do it. But I'm sick yeah, of you go out I there on the stand up scene, all, any open mic, people just doing Caleb nickel left and right. Tired of it. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> as far as like French impressionism goes, um, Basically, what I do with that is, oh, I'm Caleb. <laughs> I have all of the impressions I, down. I don't, like, I don't watch things as hard as you do. Uh-huh. So I guess I didn't get the sexual hate that Caleb has for Seth that you seem to get. He wants, Caleb Point wants the, that. Caleb wants the nipples that are so small. That Seth has. That Seth has. And you know Caleb's nipples go Oh, on they are flabby. Days. Yeah, dude. And that's why he hits Ryan. Same nipples. He, there his, can only be one. His toes are bruised. Because of how often he kicks around his nipples, that's how saggy they are, <laughs> and hard, and hard. Like they, they, st- he stubs his toes on his nipples, and Seth got those tiny nipples, bro. What is the Caleb's lowest moment of this episode for you? Caleb's lowest moment. Do you want to know for reals? Do you want to know what I fucking hate the most? He walks into his party, 
Uh-huh. And he stands there and he points. Yeah, he fucking points like, <laughs> oh, Listeners, hey. I pointed just in case. <laughs> How are you? Like, you fake asshole idiot motherfucker. You don't know who that is. People are just pointing at him and he's pointing back. White people are the worst. Do you think he did that to get out of the awkward conversation he was about absolutely, to have? To have? Absolutely. Because he thinks he's very tough, but he's a giant wimp. Oh, no, no, no. Can we give some life advice on the OCD? Is that cool? I would love that. Our only job is to talk about the OC. Yes. But if we could do a second job is to talk about life advice. Uh, the harder you front men because of how manly you are, the more we know you're a terrible, terrible, you are an empty shell unmanly of piece of shit. Ladies, thank you for watching how men work and don't act like that. Because the way that men work are... Te- the, when he comes in there and he points to other people, he is the lowest... Lowest of men. May I point to... Can I just compare for the 37th time this episode, Caleb, to our president? Please. Motherfucker. 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 So it's the projecting thing, things he calls out on other people. Do you know what's fucked up about this episode? Because I do think the show thinks this about Caleb, at least this far. Is other characters talk about him. Kiki and Gabrielle talk about how much he loved his ex-wife. Yes. There's zero evidence of that. Oh, that... Ex-wife was beaten and forced to cook at a nonstop rate. Uh, or just like emotionally nothing. There is Allison Janney from American Beauty. That's what his ex-wife was. Probably. Except no, because like Kirsten has a personality, so there's yes. something there. But I don't th- I don't buy it's such a hacky thing to be like, somebody dies, so this person's completely different. You go through a thing, but your core personality is still your core personality. There's no way Caleb Nickel was ever a good guy. Caleb his wife died, so therefore he has to go for new girls. Those girls will be... They will be dumb. ...vastly underage, mm-hmm. and he will hope to train them in the way that girls used to be. And girls aren't like that anymore, Mike. And we've been told that his wife was not like that, but it, it's, it'd be too hard it'd be too hard for little Caleb Me to, too hard. To, to be with somebody who's an equal. And so and we, we don't have to talk about who he's going to get matched with next. Just That's rolls all in the her eyes. Yes, Kiki knows why he's terrible. And this is what's so frustrating for Sandy is Sandy knows that Caleb is the ghost of evil. Right. Like, he is a specter of evil. But he has to I, – I do love Kirsten, and so – and it is her father, so I will hold back my tongue a little bit. And th- does he in this episode, though? He no. wants to move to Berkeley. A thing they've not – no, because Caleb brings out the worst in everybody, I think. Because Sandy and Kirsten, they go at it as every couple does. But in this episode – Kirsten, Sandy goes off on Caleb about how hard Kirsten's been working. He's like, because you haven't been around. He's like, oh, I didn't realize you're working so hard, so you're fired. And that is not what Sandy meant at all, because Caleb can't hear. He's a little fucking snowflake, so he can't hear any complaint about how he's not good at his job. And so Sandy, he's like, remember how we always said we moved to Berkeley? Let's do that. And Kirsten's like, we said that 20 years ago. Please don't tell me you've been miserable for 20 fucking years. But has he been? I don't think so. Do you know how the show ends? He no. Do, okay. Does he do they split up? Don't tell me they split up. So he moves. Nope. He uh, Sandy pops off and does not respect Kirsten because he argues for her and she has to fucking come correct later. I see what you're doing. Your Sandy acts not good here, which yes. is the first time that we've ever seen Sandy not act perfectly. And you think that's because Caleb is in town? I think Caleb brings out the worst in people. But Sandy is kind of an asshole. Sandy yeah. does disregard Kirsten's wishes and desires. And he says... And only fulfills Sandy's wishes and right. desires. He was like, I was standing up for us, for you. And she goes, motherfucker, you weren't listening to me. Neither of you were listening to me. Which is, yeah. 
She's right. She's right. And Sandy's wrong. And that's a hard thing for me to say out loud because Sandy is goddamn perfect. Except for last episode when you're like, fuck Sandy. Oh, no. I get one of these every <laughs> single episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot. I can say, you're like, using the card. Sandy does one bad thing every episode, but otherwise he's perfect. Otherwise, he's the Atticus Finch of our generation. He is the Atticus Fish. <laughs> fish. Sandicus Fitch. Sandicus Finchikins. Do you have any Sandy wisdom? From this episode? Yeah. Did any pop out? Oh, man. It's hard to remember. There's so much. Um, do you got one? I do. Let me hear it. It is uh, before we see Caleb and Kirsten is like fixing everything is very nervous, not the tough Kirsten we've seen. And he says, parents should fill you with guilt, not fear, which I think is specifically Jewish. Yeah, I think that <laughs> wisdom. We're going to meet Sandy's mom soon. Though, what are they? There's a name they have for her. The... Any guess might be racist. I'm not going to guess. Grandma. Let's call her grandma. grandma. Mm, There's Uh, The guilt I get, though. The fear, fuck that. The guilt, I think, is there no matter what your relationship is. The guilt is there. You you feel guilty because you're a new generation and you want to impress them. The fear, fuck that shit. I'm not being... You get to a point when you're... 13 or 18 at some point where I'm not going to fucking fear my parents anymore. And that kind of lends, I don't think there's actual any. The Nana. The Nana. There's actual any credence of physical abuse by Caleb to anybody, Mm. but Kirsten's fear is that is decades of emotional abuse that we just see again here. And we don't know this now, but the Nana has trained Sandy to notice exactly what Caleb is doing. Uh Kirsten thinks this is how parents treat their kids. But Sandy, because of the Nana, is saying, that's no. I've seen manipulative abuse. Right. And this is obvious and bullshit. And later, Kirsten has problems with the Nana, and that is such normal coupleage of it's easy to point to your significant other and say, here's what's wrong with your family. Right, exactly. Well, the Nana has some problems because Kirsten is blonde and thin. And a goy. And a goy. What's the, what's the, shiksa? A shiksa. She's a shiksa. She's a shiksa. A little mister. Let's take a break, Ryan. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> We'll be right back. Shut up. Miracula, we would be remiss. Oh, actually, by the way, I, I hate to interrupt, but I did just get my doctorate. Did you go? Yeah, I went to, and I got my doctorate in the break. <laughs> I mean, this is hard. I don't want to brag, but now I'm a doctor. I'm a, now a Dr. Acula. But it is in the humanities. Yes, that's still a doctorate, asshole. Fodacula. The what fake doctorate? Is no, that what you're saying? PhD. Fidacula. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying fake. Not that I can I care if you're saying that my doctorate is fake, but it is a real doctorate. Just so what you know. did you study? I studied uh Aculas. Just my family and how they, you know. They bite. will give a degree for anything this day. All right. So it's like Here a very specific kind of history. Should we also not have abortions anymore, you stupid conservative? I don't think that's the same argument. I think it is exactly the same argument. You went to study my own family butt school. That fucking fifth graders do, uh-huh. and got a doctorate in it. And you think there should be no more abortions? No, I think there should be mandatory abortions. <laughs> Only abortions from here on out. Everybody gets one. Take it or leave it. It's illegal to leave it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what were you about to ask me? Fidacula, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the ladies of the show. Yes, Marissa. And Summer. Flip a coin. Who do you want to dig into first? Um, Hold on. Hold on. It's still floating in the air. And it is... That's Dr. Power. Marissa. Um, Marissa and Ryan break up officially forever. And they're probably broken up forever. Oh, no, yeah, kids. no, this I was it. I thought they had something. I don't think that they will ever get back together. Because Fuck. Marissa saw Ryan with Gabrielle. 
Right. So Gabrielle and Ryan end up making out hardcore. Just Horror making out hardcore. Horrorcore. It's so hard for me to remember what it's like to be 16 because of the reactions of these people. Marissa walks in and sees Gabriel and Ryan making out hardcore and then says, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to go fuck Luke yeah. forever. She has revenge sex with Luke. She runs back to Luke. He's talking to some investment banker, I assume, who cannot be interested in what Puka Shell Luke has to say. And she chains her boyfriend into a room and she's like, what up, Luke Cage? She Should I, you, should I do that one again? Yeah, take two. She So Luke's in mid-conversation. Marissa jumps on his mouth, and the guy does an about-face and just sprints away. And he was probably fucking a different girl when Marissa did that. Marissa just didn't notice because she's not that smart. Luke was, like, banging out Heather, and she's like, Luke, let's get out of here. Let's go do this thing. And he does. He goes, are you sure? And they fuck. But so that's the end of Marissa's arc in this episode. Weird place to start, Ryan. So let's rewind to the beginning of the ep where Marissa's at. But that's... She doesn't know. All these teenagers are all verklempt about... Who to take to the 75-year-old guy's birthday? Oh, my God. Who are you going to take to the 75-year-old birthday gala tonight? Because Ryan finally does take Gabby's advice, which was great advice, Ryan. And that's weird, talking to you and talking about Ryan. That's why you're Yeah, Fidacula. we both have the same name, okay? So, Fidacula, Gabby did give him good advice. So, he goes over to Marissa's to say, hey, do you... Oh, did Gabby give him good this, advice? There's this old man who hates me, but we will attend his birthday. Would you like to go with me? And she went, Luke already asked me. Another 16-year-old already asked me to the 75-year-old man's birthday. All right, Mike. So your 75-year-old grandpa is getting his birthday. I think that's how they call it. It came in the mail. He's getting his birthday. Uh, and I have to now find a date for this thing. Uh-huh. You and I are friends, right? Uh-huh. Are we friends enough that I, I should go to your grandpa's birthday? I go to all of your yes. grandpa's, all of their birthdays. But now I have to find a date. Yeah. And then the girl that I want to ask is already going to your grandpa's birthday. Yeah, with somebody else. That's fucking weird. What's weird about it, not just that Luke asked her, but she is so on the fence. She's like, I don't know. And Summer, Summer gets a Sandy Wisdom moment. There's some summary wisdom. She goes, you can't make Ryan or Luke choose for you. You have to do it. Uh Uh-huh. Because when Ryan asks her, Marissa goes, what do you think I should do? And Ryan stares at her blankly. He thinks Marissa can do no wrong, but now he's realizing, oh, she's not great at everything. Do you know what this is uh, referencing me back to? What? Do you remember a time where Brandon and Dylan liked the same girl? No. It was Kelly. And they, Brandon and Dylan, made Kelly choose. And do you know what Isn't Ke- that who should choose? Do you know what Kelly chose? Neither. She chose The guy, The Kelly. guy with the curly hair. But Marissa didn't do that. She didn't choose Kelly. No. A- actually, that would have been better if Marissa would just looked in the camera and she was like, I choose Kelly. <laughs> what would we have done with that? And then Kelly from... Beverly Hills, who's also, she also gets to Beverly Hills 90210. Say that name me. right. 90210. Uh-huh. BH9021? BH9021. <laughs> Is that what you want from That's me? That's the perfect <laughs> description of that show. BH9021 flies in on a fucking uh, broom and says, ha ha ha, bye. <laughs> and then she leaves. <laughs> and then she's just gone. Uh-huh. Uh, Summer has a few good moments with Marissa, because... Because you think she, Summer, Summer's starting to grow in this episode. And she's pretty fucking awful. But she's starting to grow because she said, you have to choose. You can't just leave it up to them. And she's also, I don't know if she's funny or not or if she's dumb. But Ryan's angry, as is his way. And Summer says, what can you expect? He comes from a place with knife fights and drag racing and sex on the hood of a car. Marissa goes, that's from Fast and the Furious. She goes, but it was based on a true story. <laughs> 
And it was. And it was. It was based on the lives of me and you. Chino Hills. <laughs> you and I grew up in Chino Hills, and they wrote the movie Fast and the Furious about us. And I think that they did a really good job. And we're not going to bring it up again. Biggest fight of our life. We don't need to talk about who's Dom and who's Brian. Just no, I'm it. Brian. God damn it, I'm Brian. I want to be Brian. No, I'm Brian. Mm. Okay, so Summer seems like she's about to become a main character through most of this episode. Because you're right, she does give these like summer droplets of good advice. While talking about how she's going to use the fuck out of Seth. But then the in the third act, only uses Seth like a horrible two-dimensional character would. Not just in the third act. She plans and plots in the first two acts about how she's going to do it. And every time she plots and plans, she looks in the mirror and she has an apple in her hand and puts poison <laughs> in it and cackles. And then forgets and eats Why the she apple. Cackle? Yeah, don't eat the apple. Eat the cure. Then she passes out and then she has to be revived and then she cackles again and then so she uses seth to introduce her to all these 20 something investment bankers because they manage ryan they manage wealth for a living and they're all at caleb nichols 75th birthday party and she's a 16 year old who knows she wants to be a gold digger (laughs) and everybody knows she's 16 but if you're an investment banker you're like yeah what's up 16 year old and so this happens all night for seth and then it gets more and more blatant and then he goes off on her, which is akin to his dancing away from her at the debutante ball. Which is such a good dance move. It's, it's the best dance move. But he goes off on her and he's like, that's garbage. You're using me. That guy was just staring at your 16-year-old tits. So this is the third time in the run of the show, we're on episode seven, where Seth has said, no, thank you, Summer. You're rude. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't last. And he's like, none of them like you like I like you. And he starts reciting a poem that she said in the third grade or fifth grade one time she probably recited that one time and he has it memorized which this episode and the show in general just so people don't think we're tearing summer apart let's also tear seth apart it wants us to treat his lifetime stalkerish behavior as cute or adorable and not as fucking terrifying based on seth's actions in this episode what's more likely that he says nothing to summer or that he rewrites all of the lyrics of Summer's poem on her lawn and then lights them on fire and knocks on her window. That one for sure. That one for sure. That's psychopath to just recite a poem that she said in third fucking grade. What are the chances he got the words right because she said it once or he just remembers she wishes she was a mermaid so he just kind of riffed? Yeah. (laughs) And then looked at things around him. I wish I was a mermaid. Because you'd be named Gabrielle. Not a drunk old grandpa. (laughs) Hooking up with Ryan. (laughs) What? Leather wristband. (laughs) Mermaids. And mermaids, I'm done. And Summer, because it's hard to be in that kind of stalkerish, when the nice guy is trying to tell you, the creepy nice guy is trying to demand he is nice because he remembers things from 15 years ago, uh, she kisses him. And you think she's growing at this moment. She goes, thank you. I'm go- I'll introduce myself to the next 20-something investment banker. And Seth looks kind of happy. Hey, Seth, here's what you learned. You no longer have to play wingman to me trying to hook up with these people. I'll do it on Fuck my own. both of them. They both come out looking pretty shitty in this app. Yeah, Gabrielle looks better than the two of them. Mm-hmm. Even the- And she's trying to be a pedo. Yeah, no, she's trying to fuck a 16-year-old. That's... Does she want to make him a man? Does she want to do to him what Caleb does to her? What's her game? All right, so good, good. Now we're working on theme. Is Caleb trying to do to Kirsten what Gabrielle is trying to do to Ryan, what Summer is trying to do to Seth? Mm-hmm. They're all saying, hey, idiot, grow up and be better than 
us be better than what we're trying to put you through because summer and caleb and gabrielle mm-hmm. know that they are shitty but mm. ryan and seth and kiki are capable of shit and we will see your thing that's very easy and we will rise above it i like that i like that a lot especially i think gabrielle is vampiric in that what she what she's super into ryan is how in love he is with marissa Right, and the thing is, too, is that even though she's with Caleb because she feels like she is too old. Right. I've already aged she's out. She's 24. I'm going to be to Ryan what Caleb is to me because I feel terrible being with Caleb. You know she hates every day of her life when she's with Caleb. A but- very sweet moment is after Mercer runs away and Ryan, cause she and she goes to hate, f- revenge fuck Luke, <laughs> and Ryan's just like on the stairs, and Gabrielle, she's like, oh, yeah, that's what love, and like tassels his hair. And more than all her creepy, you're not legal and hands yet. Him a right bar. there, when he looks like an eight year old boy, and she tussles his hair, then you're like, "Oh, that was so creepy." Yeah, you're a grandma. Man. Remember what happened before that? But yeah, I think that's it. Is that uh, age denotes power? Beauty. Oh, power. And that makes more sense. We should fight through this power because the power is bullshit. It's just a facade that the OC characters that we believe in have to fight through. And so, so summer to Seth. Caleb to Kiki, Gabrielle to Ryan. Ryan. You forgot the name Ryan. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so there's those power struggles going on, and there's one person who's been struggling with two people, with Caleb and with Kirsten. Sandy gets his own redemption because after he talks to Kirsten, and he's the only person who gets told and fully realizes what a piece of shit he's been today or the last two days, he deals with Caleb again, does not back down. Caleb and still knows Sandy fucking hates him but defends Kirsten in the right way and goes, you don't fucking see what she does for your company, motherfucker. That's true. And last episode, we talked about how on last episode, the OC realized that it was about the adults and mm-hmm. not the kids. And this one sort of struggled between the two things. Is this about adults? Is this about kids? Mm-hmm. But Sandy's realization that you're talking about really sends the point home. Because in a weak episode of the OC, Sandy is the one who arcs. Yeah. Other people go through drama. He goes through changes. Yes, he he absolutely changes, whereas Ryan would still fuck uh, a 30-year-old in the next episode, and Seth Mm -hmm. is still going to do whatever he's going to do. But Sandy is the one who realizes, I was the perfect husband. I can be more perfect than that. And uh, Kiki doesn't need an arc because she is already more perfect yeah, than that. Yeah, no, she was already she killing it. She is fucking flawless through this episode. And Caleb arcs a little bit because, oh, I see what Kiki is. Right. I understand how what Kirsten is doing. He's, Kirsten means Kiki. We've gone over that, right? I, actually, I think we just call it. Okay, Kirsten is Kiki. Juku Julie Cooper is Julie is Cooper. Hercules is Jimmy Cooper. I think those are all the nicknames. And Sandy Cohen is Hercules. And Sandy Cohen, yes, that's all legit. And you're Miracula, and now you're for Dracula. But yeah, Sandy realizing that, oh shit, I got a good wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, Caleb realizing, oh shit, I have a good daughter, is all we needed from this episode. Right. And they did it. Do we want to speed round about Jimmy and Julie? Yeah, let's do it. Jimmy is, does he know he's getting a divorce yet? Not yet. That happens in, in this, this episode, episode because he's like, I got Julie. I got one more plan. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why he's Doc Brown. <laughs> Monty, your kids are assholes, but I'm going to save my job. <laughs> and she goes, great. And he's like, and he sprints towards Caleb because he's known Caleb since he was a fucking kid. 
and they are hugging and they're happy and Julie's like that was so great and looks attracted Jimmy for the first time in 10 years and he goes yeah it was great when he caught up and told me no you can't have a fucking job which is great because we learned so much about Caleb without Caleb on screen Mm -hmm. Caleb straight up hugged that guy and said I love you bud you're my son I know you I've known you since uh you were in preschool there's no fucking way I will give you a job and that's one of the things I agree with Caleb about Yo, it sure. would be unwise no, he's terrible to hire business. This so, guy drops his briefcase. This is all I know about business. He's got a briefcase full of bananas, and he drops it every morning. Well, he wants to be potassium. He doesn't want to get sore tight after a workout. Oh, and you're on a Charlie horse? Oh, God. Oh, that's going to put you on the sidelines for the rest of the day. Luke got shot in the arm. A Charlie <laughs> horse is worse than that. I totally agree with the rap that you are starting <laughs> right now. So that's Jimmy's fuck up, and that's when Julie goes, we're getting a divorce. And then all of a sudden, it cuts to Julie, and one eyebrow of Julie's goes down as the other one goes up, and then up, and then up, and then up. And all of a sudden, Julie has an eyebrow that is three inches above her the top of her head because she has an idea. I'm going to go flirt with Caleb Nichols. And she does. Mike, do you think this is going to have ramifications for the rest of the show? No, I think they'll probably never You don't think again. so at all? They're I've never, never seen the rest of the show. Do you think this is going to be fine forever? Yeah, I think ne- we're never going to see them interact they're just done with each other caleb automatically says he says to dinner now please dinner now yeah let's go we leave my party and he's married right or no he has a girlfriend he has the girlfriend but we did not get to see him give jimmy the middle finger no but we also did not we also did get to watch him saying well hello there julie do you know what's fucking awesome about this show is the, the way they interact, we know they've met before, and that this is not a new infatuation for Caleb. Oh, no, 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 That no. this is, there is history in the way these characters talk to each other. He, she walks away, and he cannot take his eyes off that he sweet ginger butt. to see her leave. <laughs> but he loves to see that ginger butt. I think that's the saying. It's crazy. He gets down on both knees and screams that from the top yeah. of his lungs. And people go, it's his birthday. <laughs> it's his birthday. What are we going to do? He's had three adioses. That's how birthdays work. That crazy motherfucker. Ryan, do you have any final words for the episode? Uh, we did not talk about the one person I wanted to talk to you about was Luke. And if you're buying Born Again, Luke. Oh, yeah. Because he, he Luke has new answers the door uh, when Ryan's there. And Luke is all like, hey, bud, what's up? Hey, guy. Thanks for saving me. Uh, uh, only got a bullet in the arm. I hope we hang out on further adventures. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan does not know how to handle that. And Much like, like I did not know how to handle that. He shakes Seth's hand and goes, hello, how, in a lovely home here. Luke doesn't know how to be 16 in any way. Are we done with, I mean, I know you haven't seen any other episodes, but are we done with idiot Luke? I think I think this is the... Because Luke's dad's about to get gay, and that's when Luke is fully come over to our side. The Luke redemption tour is starting in this end. And we don't know if it's real or not. Well, hello there, Ryan. Well, hi, guys. <laughs> Would you like a brownie? I made you a puka shell necklace with my own hands. I, I just made it in the oven. People don't know that I make my own jewelry. I try to hide that because, you know, water polo bros, they'll be a little tough with me. But uh, I think we're friendships and I made you a bracelet. People call me Luke, but you can call me Pook. And Pook stands for puka shells because that's what I made you. And then he does a little... And then he disappears into a cloud of smoke. What's is there a move when you kick your you jump up and kick your heels together? Is there a name for that? Do you think that when Luke's parents die, puka shells will hit the ground in slow motion <laughs> and slow. then he'll become a superhero? The worst fucking broiest superhero, except that he does always carry a surfboard and just slams it into somebody's head. I am Surf Wax Man. Surf Wax Man, not Silver Surfer. That was trademarked. <laughs> I know a lot about trademarks, bro. My dad is a lawyer. I do like that Luke 
because his normal voice is like this <laughs> and his superhero voice is like this. You cannot tell that like the, that's two different dudes. So that's the show. And one more question. One Real more quick. Are we starting to see? We talked about Summer in her like clear need for bankages. Uh-huh. But are we wow. starting to see her come around? I th- I think so. I do think she's going to be in the main cast soon. She, we know that. She started to look at Seth like a human being a little more. Even though she should get a restraining order. But yeah, I think she's starting to grow. And I think more than anything, it's her advice to Marissa of man up, you make the decision. In the background, it, like in the back of her head, is she thinking though, like she can hear Luke going like, hey, Summer, I, I think you're very cool and I want to talk to you at some point. No, that doesn't happen, does she's it? She's not thinking that? Oh, you have not seen enough episodes, bud. I don't want that to happen. Oh, oh I can't God. wait to go home and press play right away. That's what, what happens every time house? you stop. <laughs> uh, so that's the show uh, thank you Ryan oh you're welcome bud thank you noopsies can we start calling our fans noopsies of course we can <laughs> thanks noopsies uh, thank you to the Hall of Phonics for the sweet jams you've heard all night Ryan tell us about a website yourpotfilter.com is where you can go for all of our podcasts and all of our articles so if you want any more of this shit go to yourpotfilter.com patreon You've heard about already tonight, so I don't need to talk about it. But just cool. to remind you, yourpopfilter.com you slash up. Patreon. You're super messed up right there. Uh, at your pop filter on Twitter, Facebook.com slash your pop filter. Follow us, like us. It's all sorts of fun. Yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon is your new way to shop online. If you make yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon your new Amazon bookmark, it does not change your life. It helps us out a ton. Yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Contact at yourpotfilter.com. Email us. If you are way pro Caleb or way pro Donald I, Trump. Yeah, I don't want those people. Email us at contact at yourpotfilter.com so we know who to avoid. Also, guns and fake news. <laughs> That's the guns and fake news at AOL.com is the account. Uh, email us if you loved the show or hated the show. If you have different thoughts, if, if you think Sandy sucks, if you think we're learning the wrong lessons, uh, how else could they get in touch with us, Ryan? Please give us a call at 1-562-DR-DJ-POP. That's 1-562-DR-DJ-POP. Uh, one of his hands is a... Sex wax. And the other hand is, of course, a... Spatula. And he's got one leg that is a... Surfboard. And the other leg is a... Caterer. Those are all OC-related things, <laughs> idiots. Hope you loved all those references. Call 1-562-DR-DJ-POP and let us know what you thought about the show. That's the show. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week where I'm sure they go to some sort of black tie event. We're so close to Tijuana, dude. I think we're next, so close. Is next week Tijuana? I, I don't think it is. But Are we're we going so to close. Tijuana? We're so close. All right. Hey, Ryan. I am so bored. Is that a line from OCD? Yeah, it's right before Gabrielle like grabs Ryan by the thighs. Oh. She goes, aren't we all just bored? I know. I I'm so bored. Should I kiss you right now? I think so. I'm going to kiss you. California! California! Here we come!